Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host for today. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support from the Naval Officers Spouses Club of San Diego. It's that time of year, getting back on routine, homework, setting alarms, those extracurricular activities, and all of this really, well, it can make life hard no matter the age. Whether it's dealing with those transitions or just getting back into the routine of school. And I have to say, it's been a painful week of adjustment here in the Sellers household. Recognizing this, the webinar team hosted Kimberly McCarthy and Terry Rudy from Clearing House for Military Families at Penn State in support of MSEC's Back to School campaign. They shared about the Thrive Initiative, which is a collaboration between the Clearing House and DOD with the whole mission of supporting families by incorporating a strength-based approach when it comes to parenting. In the webinar, they discuss life scenarios that we all may encounter with our elementary students, as well as practical strategies to help our kiddos to flourish and grow. So let's take a listen to the Q&A from this webinar as they share how to handle some of those common everyday moments that we face as parents. With our remaining time together, Kimberly and Terry have graciously agreed to answer some questions for us. So we invite all of you, our participants here with us to put any of those questions you may have in our chat box there. And in the meantime, while you're putting those questions in, we have a few questions that I imagine a lot of parents of military connected children very likely have. So we're gonna go ahead and start with those, but please add some additional questions into our chat box. So Kimberly, what are some tangible ways that we can strive for balance in our homes? To me, balance refers to regulation, such as emotions being in check and the home being a place of peace. It also means stability, safety, and the functioning of daily activities in an orderly way. Grow teaches authoritative parenting, which involves showing love and setting limits. And this parenting style is based on parents being nurturing, supportive, and responsive to their child's needs. And also recognizing that by setting rules and establishing routines, they are creating a safe environment in which their child can learn and practice skills that they will need to be successful as they grow. Grow teaches many parenting strategies, but a few examples of tangible ways to create daily time to bond with a child that also foster balance in the home would include setting a bedtime routine that involves interaction like reading together, having family meals together, or engaging in daily physical activity together, like taking a walk or a bike ride. This time together creates structure and opportunities to communicate and connect. Great. Thank you. And I love that the things you're suggesting are things that are really practical and easy for parents to work into every single day and the things that we're already doing. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So 
Let's say that my 11-year-old daughter was given a tablet by her grandmother. Thanks, Grandma. And she is thinking of that tablet as her own private property that doesn't get to be monitored by me and her dad. How would you advise a parent to handle that situation? Yeah, this, so this is Terry. Um, you know, I feel like technology, digital media, media is such a huge part of our lives. And one thing that Thrive talks about within all of our programming, actually, um, is developing a family media plan. So it's a good way to set boundaries. So everybody knows the rules and expectations around digital devices and that digital media use, no matter who might provide you with that uh, little device. Um, so, and you can put the plan together, you know, with your child so they can have a voice, they can have a choice in what you're doing, what your rules are as a family. Um, you know, and some of those rules you put together might be, okay, you can have this, but I'm going to monitor your usage. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to look at it X number of whatever times, days a week, or, you know, whatever it might be, or that all your devices have to be placed in the kitchen on the charger by 9 p.m. They don't go into the bedroom so that they're not affecting your sleep time. Um, and also, you know, reinforcing why you're establishing those rules. It's for your health. It's for your safety. And if necessary, you you have something tangible then that you can share with your extended, extended family members like grandma. You know, hey, thank you for providing that to my child, but these are our rules. I want you to also help us to reinforce those with our child. Wonderful. I'm so glad you mentioned adding um, the extended family to the letting them know about the rules too, so that we're all on the same page. That's so helpful. So another question that we have is, how do we go about boosting our kids' self-esteem, but without creating a false sense of self? What a good question. Supporting a child's efforts as opposed to recognizing accomplishments is a great way to boost children's self-esteem. So for example, if your child's on the playground and they're trying to get from one side of the monkey bars to the other side, you encourage and you praise their effort, you know, such as, oh, you stretched your arms so far, or that was tough, but you didn't give up as opposed to focusing on the outcome. You know, they either made it or they didn't make it to the end of the monkey bars. This type of positive feedback nurtures what research refers to as a growth mindset. And from this perspective, children become aware that effort rather than fixed characteristics, um, and I mean intelligence or talent, um, that this can help them learn, improve and overcome challenges. That's such great advice. And again, so practical. So just changing a few words in how we talk can it's so helpful. Thank you. I have, and I imagine a lot of families, I have three kids and they span four years apart. How does a parent create rules and privileges when you have this kind of age difference or age span in your house? Yeah, I think it can be really challenging to, you know, set those rules and expectations when you do have the age gaps. Luckily for me, my children are both still very young and only about three years apart. So I think as they get older, it's going to be a little more challenging. But those rules and privileges do really need to consider their developmental age also, right? So we keep that in mind too, because for one child, it might be a little different than another child. But, you know, as an example, your five-year-old, so to say, still be wedding at nighttime and not be able to have sleepovers with their friends yet. But have a nine-year-old and they might be physically, socially ready to do something like that. 
um, with their friends. So really kind of explaining those rules and privileges, you know, getting the child to understand the differences or the safety reasons or kind of those underlying, you know, what are those underlying reasons? Why as a parent are you making that choice, whether it's for the safety of the child or just things that are happening developmentally? Really explaining and making sure they understand and know those reasons. I feel like with me, with my child, I feel like I'm constantly saying, you know, we, we talk to you about these things because it's for your safety. You know, these are the reasons why we're saying this. It's not to annoy you or to nag or those types of things. We're really just trying to, to reinforce that we want you to be safe. We don't want you to get hurt or we're looking out for you, those types of things. So I think it really, really comes down to explaining to them, you know, why you're, why you're either permitting or not permitting. Great. Awesome. Thank you. So I think a question a lot of parents probably have is they've noticed that sometimes children become really frustrated easily when they're trying to communicate. So Kimberly, what would you recommend that could be helpful? So there are several ways parents and caregivers can support communication with their child. And active listening is really a useful communication strategy to practice. By actively listening, parents make a clear effort to be present, to be in the moment with their child. Um, you can remove distractions like turning off the television or putting your cell phone down and just be in the moment. Um, also asking clarifying questions, you know, name the child's feelings, summarize what the child says or is doing, like I heard you say, or it sounds like you're feeling. Um, just helping to validate that experience for the child makes a difference and de-escalates emotions. Showing your child that you're there for them and that they have your full attention, they have your undivided attention, it can help them to feel less frustrated when they're trying to communicate with you. And it reinforces to them that you are willing to listen. Um, it is also important to note though, that if a child is very distressed, you may need to take time first to help that child calm down before attempting communication strategies. Uh, so you wanna offer reassurance. You wanna provide some physical affection, you know, put your arm around them, give them a hug, look them in the eyes. You might wanna engage them in some calming strategies. For example, helping them to take some deep breaths, um, blowing bubbles can be a practice that parents can use to help their child calm down as well. Oh, I love that. I love the idea of asking them to blow bubbles to, to pull it all back together. Because certainly I know it's, sometimes the motions are too big in my house. So I, that's such great advice. Thank you. As a parent, how can we be flexible, but still maintain that sense of discipline and structure in our houses? Sure. I think the first, you know, the first thing to remember really is that Discipline, you know, by using discipline, we're intending to teach and not control and not punish, right? So that's a good starting point to, to remember that, that allows you to really be able to establish structure or limits from a place of love as a parent. Um, one good way to establish structure is daily routine. So a lot of you probably already have those in, in your life, in your family, you know, when you set those routines, like your bedtime routine that you have, or even your family mealtime routines, everyone knows what's expected of them. They know what to do. And then, 
you know, if you have those routines, you're not constantly doing that, like reminding, nagging, even though you probably will have to do that, depending on the developmental age, you know, people or your children kind of start to learn what's expected. And then the parents, you know, whoever the caregivers are, they know what's expected or what's next as well. And I think even when you develop that structure, you know, you can also have incorporate that flexibility, you can incorporate that fun. You know, for example, if you you all have a routine of doing the dinner dishes together, you can play music while you're doing that. You can have a dance party while it's happening. You can have your five-year-old singing on the uh, karaoke machine that her grandfather just got her for her birthday, like we just had going on. So a lot of ways to have fun things built in. And I think when you actually do establish those routines, you're making those times when you need or want that flexibility to happen run more smoothly because your children have learned the skills like self-discipline or self-control and working together as a team. So it actually makes it easier. Awesome. Thank you. And anyone who's ever done a an MSEC webinar knows that we love to talk about routine a lot. We mention it all the time. So I'm so glad you mentioned that one. We love routines. So one last question, this one specifically about the GROW programming. Who is the target audience for the GROW programming? Yeah, for GROW, the target audience is parents and caregivers of children who are between the ages of five and 10 years old. And again, the programming is free. It's available to both military and civilian families, and you can get immediate access to the programming by just visiting the website at thrive.psu.edu. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Kimberly, Terry, thank you so much for all of your expertise and insight that you shared with us. This is incredibly important information and such a wonderful resource. And all of us at MSEC are so grateful to both of you for being here and speaking with us and our parent participants today. And we're also really grateful for everything that you're doing for military connected kids and their families. So thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this portion of the webinar as much as I did. I really found the Q&A interesting, and some of the information, I think, really could be applicable at any age. I appreciated how the program focused on what we're doing as a family already and doing well, and then building upon that so that we can increase our family's readiness. If you're interested in watching this entire webinar or finding out more information about the Thrive Initiative, Both links can be found in the show's notes. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Thank you again to the Naval Officer Spouses Club of San Diego for making today's episode possible. Until next time, live a great story.